This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. Hello, my name is Andrew Jobling. And this is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. I'm about to speak to the amazing Heather Indulik. I've known Heather and her family for quite a few years, and I've worked with Heather as she has written and just very, very recently published her first book called Headstrong. Heather's story is incredible. Her journey of overcoming a condition called cavernous angioma and five strokes and a nine-hour brain surgery that left her pretty incapacitated and how she's overcome that. And wow, Headstrong is a wonderful title for the book and very apt in terms of describing the character of the wonderful Heather Endulic. So this is an inspiring conversation. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. She's a great friend of mine. You will really love my conversation with Heather Rendulic. I'm sitting here with the amazing Heather Endulic. Hello, Heather. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I am great. How about you? I'm wonderful, thank you. A little bit of a husky voice at the moment, but that's okay. As we're recording, this is the last day of 2020. So I think you know what it's like when you get to the end of a pretty full-on amazing year, and I think your body, my body's going, hey, mate, time for you to just rest up a little bit. So that's the way it is. We are ready for 2021, that's for sure. It's very exciting. New year and new opportunities. Absolutely. And wow, how exciting is your life right now? Because it was only just yesterday, again, as we are talking, that you got a nice delivery. Tell us about the delivery that you got in the mail, Heather. My very first book was delivered to me in the mail yesterday, and it is beautiful, and it was a wonderful day. I think I'm still on cloud nine, and I don't know if I'll ever come back down. Don't. Stay on cloud nine because it's a cool place to be. So, Heather, your book is called? Headstrong. Headstrong, and there's a reason why it's called Headstrong, and we're going to talk a lot about your journey and your story and the reason why you are an amazingly headstrong, courageous person. That's going to be a large part of what we talk about today. It's interesting, isn't it, how we meet? And I've known you and your parents for I don't know how many years now. And it was a couple of years that we really started working together on this book, didn't we? Yes, I think we first connected actually eight years ago. And then kind of we weren't ready to start writing the book yet. And it wasn't until about two years ago that we started the process. And here we are. I know. And it's been so cool. And in that time, I've just become so close to you and your parents. I feel like I'm part of the, well, the Abramovic family. And uh, and in last year, well, 2019. So again, as people listen to this, it'll be the year before last. But September 2019, I was in the US and had a wonderful trip and an amazing stay with you and your family. And you're just yeah. very dear to me, Heather. You know that, don't you? You, you are part of the family, Andrew. Good. I've, that's my Pittsburgh family. I'm very excited about that. So Heather, this book that you've just written is pretty much narrates your journey of you've had some pretty significant trauma in your life, pretty horrendous situation where you were brain surgery and stroke and told you'd probably never walk again, 
told you wouldn't live a normal life. And but look, I look at you now, and I'm looking at you on Zoom screen. And I see this absolutely gorgeous lady, the big beautiful blue eyes, and a beautiful smile. And you've overcome so much, Heather. So tell us a little bit about the book. What is the purpose of this book? So the book is about uh, my story of overcoming five strokes and brain surgery all by the age of 23 years old. And the fifth stroke had paralyzed half of my body. Like Andrew had mentioned, I was unsure if I'd ever walk again. Didn't know what the rest of my life was going to look like, but I felt like I had two options in this scenario that I could either kind of throw up my hands and say, woe is me, this sucks. And nobody would have, you know, blamed me for that mindset. However, I chose a second option, which was to fight a little bit each day and to work hard to get as much of my independence back. And through this journey, I learned so many great insights that I want to share with people on facing challenges in life and adversity that we do have that option that we can fight, we can choose to not succumb to our circumstances, choose to find joy, find beauty in in the chaos. And the whole, I guess, point of the book is really that bad things happen to everybody. It's inevitable. You know, it looks different for everyone, but bad things are going to happen to you. But you do have control over how you react to those situations. So the book is really just trying to help people get that perspective and mindset in order to face things headstrong. Awesome. And it couldn't come at a better time in history, could it, Heather? It couldn't have been no. published or be released at a better time as, as we're now, again, as people are listening to this podcast, 2020 is over. But just because 2020 is over doesn't mean all of a sudden things are just going to be magically okay. And I think there's a lot of people out there sitting there going, oh, I can't wait till 2020 is over and I can't wait for 2021. Well, it's not magically going to change. And no. what we've experienced in 2020 is not hasn't gone away and is not going to go away. The trauma is going to be there. And even if it does go away, there's going to be some other adversity, right? Like this is not being negative or trying to be a downer. But at the end of the day, life is about adversity and challenges and and Heather, you are just this amazing example of someone who has faced incredible adversity, yet you've just turned it into something incredibly positive. And I think that's a great lesson for people right now. So this podcast is all about that. And But Heather's book, Headstrong, when you get a chance, and we'll talk about how you get that at the end of the podcast, is going to be a very, very profound and inspiring read. And I think everyone needs to get their hands on Heather's book. So Heather, tell us a bit about you're working at the moment, but I know you have a vision. Tell us a little bit about the vision of Heather and Dulek. What what do you see for yourself now? You've got your book and what do you want to be doing? Well, right now I have an, well, it's an at-home and office job uh, due to COVID-19. We are working from home, but I work in HR, which is human resources. And, but my goal now with the book and my dream, my vision and what I'm working very hard when I'm not doing my HR job is to build a business that I can do public speaking. I can share my story. I can give inspiration to people across the globe and in all different walks of life, you know, because I really truly feel that everybody has something they can gain from this and something I learned will touch somebody else, no matter what kind of 
um, you know, adversity they've faced in life, or if they're young or old or, you know, blue, yellow, or purple, you know, we all have these challenges. And I really feel like my message could help a lot of people. And that's my goal. So you can help people that are purple. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. All right, yes. good. So I if anyone out there is purple or green, then Heather's book can help you. But yes. <laughs> sorry, being a bit flippant and silly there. So I know we, when we were together in 2019, we did a couple of speaking things together, didn't we, Heather? And that was yes. awesome. And I guess I've been doing this a bit longer, so I've, I'm probably a little bit more, I don't know, and again, I don't want to come across as arrogant, but maybe a bit more polished as a speaker and a bit more confident and, a bit, you know, I've done it for 20 years, yet Heather outstaged me ridiculously because of just the passion and the emotion and the desire that she has to help people. And that's, Heather, the thing about you that I, I love a lot of things about you, but what I love about you the most is that real heart you've got for people that you really want to make a difference in their lives. So, Well, thank you, Andrew. That was very sweet of you to say, but I also don't have an Australian accent. And in the United States, people think very fond of that. So. Well, let's just divert a little bit. Funny story, because one of the, the things we did when I was over there, Heather and her family organized a dinner and I was going to be there. We're just, just we're both going to share a little bit of dinner with friends and family. And obviously Heather had told her friends about me. And so we arrive at this dinner and all these people start arriving and, and Heather introduces me to a couple of her friends and they're just like like looking at me, what just waiting for me to talk. Come on, come on, talk. We want to hear you talk. We want to hear your accent. And I was sitting there like feeling a little bit like yeah, and then an I animal think, in I the think zoo. At one point during the dinner, they were trying to have you teach them how to do it, how to yeah. talk like an Australian. Very hard for an American to talk with an Aussie yeah. accent. I've seen a lot try and pretty much all of them fail miserably. It's a little bit like an Australian trying to put on an American accent. <laughs> You're pretty good at it. Well, thank you. <laughs> anyway, Heather, I just want to have a quick break. And then what I want to do after this short break is really now dig in to your journey, your story, you know, when you're at your really lowest point, how you were able to drag yourself out of that low point and now get yourself to where you are today. And that is a very accomplished speaker and now a published author and you know, the world is your oyster and you've got so many wonderful opportunities. And this is a perfect time in history, I believe, where people are needing this sort of information. So I think you are now poised to do wonderful things. So we'll have a quick break and we'll come back and we'll jump into Heather's story. Be inspired, be engaged, get motivated and make real change in your life and the people around you. Andrew Jobling knows how to inspire. On stage, he's riveting and engaging. Andrew is helping audiences around the world live their best life. Book him for a face-to-face or an online event. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find out more. So Heather and I are just chatting in the break, and I'm going to tell a very quick story that Heather relayed to me. And I said to her, Heather, this story epitomizes your whole journey and your message and everything that you stand for. And I, and I said, I don't understand why you don't tell this story more. And she goes, you're right, I don't know either. So Heather was telling me, and after I tell this short story, she's going to go right back and tell us her journey. But after her surgery, after really the serious surgery, was Heather was nine-hour surgery? Yes. Nine hours under the knife having brain surgery. 
So she woke up, she came out of the anaesthetic and in the room was her parents and her sister. Now, her sister was getting married six months later. And as Heather opened her eyes and she saw her parents, obviously with concerned looks, and her sister, who was a bit of a mess, crying and very distraught. And this is what Heather said. The first thing that came out of Heather's mouth after she came out of anaesthetic, after nine-hour surgery, she looked at her sister and said, stop crying, I'll be dancing at your wedding. Now, did I get that right, Heather? Yes, yes. I told her, oh, quit your crying, I'll be dancing at your wedding. And six months later, Heather was dancing at her sister's wedding. So, wow. See, to me, Heather, that is, wow, that's intention, that's courage, that's decision time, that's, when you've just woken up out of nine-hour surgery where most people would be, woe is me, pity party, oh, it's not fair, you know, I've just had brain surgery and I'm, you know, whatever, and here's Heather going, no, no, stop, you're sucking, sis, I'm going to be dancing at your wedding. You're incredible. Anyway, Heather, I just wanted to start with that because that, to me, that epitomizes you. That little story, incredible. So tell us a bit about how it all evolved. Tell us about the journey of Heather and Dulick. Well, I, I think that was a defining moment in my recovery that, you know, I it just illustrates how I made the decision that I was going to fight. I made the decision that I was going to get better. I was, you know, I knew nothing would ever be 100% the same again. Of which, you know, today it's, like I said, it's been about eight years and I still don't have much use of my left hand. I can use it for certain things, but, you know, just not uh, functional use for everyday things, new fine motor skills. And that's okay. I live an amazing life. I drive, I work, I wrote a book, I got married, I bought a house, you know. All in 2020? Yeah. Well, so yeah, here we go, talking about, sorry yeah. to interrupt, we talk about oh, how bad 2020 is, and but look at the things you've done in 2020. You got married, you published a, a book, you bought a house. Yeah. Incredible. I, I did get married in 2020, and, you know, my husband is amazing. He's a huge support system for me. And, you know, so 2020 wasn't all bad. I mean, yeah, there were moments that were tough. I published a book, which was amazing to end the year. But, you know, I think, again, back to when I woke up from surgery saying I would dance at my sister's wedding, it just showed where my mindset was going into the procedure. And I think that is so key for people is I think your mindset is everything. I think the mind and body are so well connected, more than science or medicine could ever explain. I think that if what you have in your mind, and I know Andrew shares these feelings with me in his books he talks about, but you know, that if you have the right mindset, then it makes, you know, the fight that much easier. It's going to keep you motivated and help you along your journey and face that challenge head on. Yep. And I think that kind of that story depicts that, that I went into this brain surgery knowing that when I came out of anesthesia and woke up, I was going to start fighting right away. That first instant I opened my eyes. I love that, Heather. I love it. So what was the first time where you realized you had some problems? When I was in the hospital, um, I remember one night that I had to, one of the things from the stroke that happened was I had a sense of urgency when I needed to go to the bathroom and I, you know, couldn't just get up and go to the bathroom myself because I'm paralyzed. So 
I had a wheelchair next to my bed and I kept calling for the nurse to come help me into my wheelchair, then help me to the restroom. And the nurse wasn't coming and I kept calling the button, you know, hitting the button to call for her and she never showed. And I had just a couple nights prior, I had wet the bed, which as an adult is not a good concerning. thing. It's not good. Yeah. And I wasn't drinking heavily or anything, you know, so it, you know, was, I didn't want that to happen again. So I saw my wheelchair and it was literally probably two feet from my hospital bed. And I thought, well, if I just stand up and pivot, I could like fall back into the chair and wheel myself to the bathroom and all is well. And I don't need this nurse because she's clearly busy doing something. I mean, I, I give them great. I don't, I give nurse nurses are wonderful people and she might've been helping another patient. I don't know. But so I stood up and I fell to the floor like a sack of potatoes and I was laying there and then she came in and yelled at me because she had to then fill out paperwork and she was worried I was I hurt myself in the fall which luckily I didn't but it was that moment I think that it was such an eye-opener that how much my life had changed that the most basic human need that we do a thousand times a day I couldn't do on my own and that was really hard for me and one of the darkest times but it also helped motivate me more that I was so determined that, you know, I was going to get past this. So the condition you had is a condition called, now correct me if I'm wrong, cavernous angioma. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. Very I'm, in, good. I'm impressed yes. with me. And, <laughs> I'm impressed. And so you've had quite a few episodes leading up to your nine-hour surgery. When did that start? Uh, it started right around Christmas in 2011. I was home from college for Christmas break and just randomly one day I started feeling off and I had a million excuses, you know, oh, it's just a migraine or, you know, this or that you're tired and, but it just weird things were happening. Like I was getting these feelings on my left side, like pins and needles, like when your arm falls asleep, except it was down my entire left side, not just on my arm. And eventually I just like a bell went off in my head that I needed to go to the hospital to get checked out. So I did, they ran a whole bunch of tests and found the, you know, cavernous angioma, which is a lesion. It's kind of like a brain tumor, but made up of blood vessels that are very weak and they can bleed or rupture into the brain or spinal cords. And mine was very, very deep in my brain. They think I was born with it. I just went 22 years of my life without knowing I had it. And so me on the playground, you know, hitting yep. my head on the monkey bars and, yep. you know, having no idea that I had this, but um, it did bleed five times over 11 months. So I was in and out of the hospital for that next, you know, year all the time. And there were a lot of false alarms. And they also this. said to you, didn't they, look, this could rupture at any time. So you felt like you had a little bit of a ticking time bomb in your brain, didn't you? I did. I, I, they told me to live my life. There's no treatment um, and the only cure is brain surgery, but they wouldn't touch mine because it was so deep in my brain. So I felt like I was walking with a ticking time bomb in my head and any given moment, you know, it could go off and I just die or who knows what would happen. Uh, and so every headache caused panic, 
and anxiety of because it's not like I knew what was going on inside of my brain all the time and I still got headaches that are probably just regular headaches and how do you live your life like go and just go and live a normal life with this thing in your brain that could rupture at any moment I mean how do you then pardon the pun put that out of your head and and you can't how do you do that I focused on I changed my mindset instead of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or, you know, what is going, what can I do today? And, you know, I can't control this thing from rupturing, unfortunately, but what I can control is I can put my focus on things that are healthy and, you know, good outlets for me to get my anxiety out of. So I was competing in horseback riding at the time. I really focused on that. I was a full-time college student So I focused on my studies and, you know, I just really try, I mean, there were days, don't get me wrong. There were days that, you know, the anxiety and the fear would get to me. And I allowed myself to have those days because it's human. I mean, and I think it's healthy to allow yourself to feel those because they're real, but then you know that these are just emotions and this is going to pass. I'm going to feel better tomorrow. And you know, and then the next day I get up and go for a run or go ride my horse. And, you know, you just take each day as it comes and allow yourself to have moments, but keep them as moments and know that you can only do the best you can today. And it, today might just be getting up and making your bed. You don't have to accomplish, you know, anything. You don't have to climb Mount Everest today, but you know, if you just want to get out of bed and make your bed and that's it, then so be it. So that's kind of the mindset I had to help me get through those. Well, that's interesting because you took that same mindset then. So you had that mindset of just take one day at a time in this stage where, you know, there was so much uncertainty about what was going on in your brain. But you also had that same mindset when you came to rehab. Same thing, really. Just take one day at a time. Just do what I can do. Just focus on a positive step forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think, I think it's my mindset through before um, the brain surgery was the same. It was just different details, but it was the same, just a day at a time. And, you know, I kept thinking positively and I was, I actually did find a neurosurgeon that said they would operate, you know, early on in my journey after my diagnosis, they said they'd be willing to take the risk because all the other neurosurgeons said it was inoperable and it was too deep. But this neurosurgeon who was across the country did offer to do it. However, I, after lots of prayer and consideration, I decided I was so hopeful that, you know, this would eventually stop bleeding that, I just put my faith and I just decided not to. And I think I just decided that I was going to be positive about it. And, you know, it did keep bleeding, but it ended up being a good thing because every bleed I had pushed the lesion to a safer location for the neurosurgeon who did take it out to get to it. So I was blessed that it did keep bleeding. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? And I think that I talk about that in the book too is, we have a plan for our life and we think when bad things happen, we think, okay, if this, if X, Y, Z happens, it's going to make it all better. But we don't really know what the best thing for us is. Only God knows. And we yep. have to trust that yep. his plan for us is the best. Yep. And, 
that what ends up happening might be different than what we had planned, but it doesn't mean it's any less beautiful or it's not the best for us. So we just have to be patient. We do. And I mean, you obviously have a very strong faith and that is so powerful, isn't it? Because it would have been very tempting to jump at that offer for that neurosurgeon that said, yeah, we can all operate. It would have been, you know, I think a lot of people said, great, let's do it. But it wasn't the right time, was it? I mean, because if he'd operated in that really deep lesion, who knows? You may be totally paralyzed. You may not be here. But for you to pray and you had this faith that, no, now's not the right time, it's in God's hands, and the lesion bled and it moved to a more safer place, that's powerful. And I hope that people listening to this, both Heather and I are, are Christians and we believe in God, not everyone does, but you don't have to believe in God to have faith that just trust that things are going to work out the way they need to work out and just have that belief. So Heather, what was the moment where you said, right, now's the time for the surgery? Well, they didn't give me a choice at the end because uh, after the fifth bleed, it had, you know, paralyzed left side of my body and it had bled five times in 11 months. And they told me that if I didn't have the surgery, I would be probably dead within the year because I was lucky I survived the last bleed because it was so massive. So I, that was okay. Like, (laughs) you know, do what you need to do, you know, and I felt it was time as well. You know, I, I definitely felt at peace with the decision. I mean, it was still scary going into brain surgery you know, anything could happen. They told us before the surgery, the risks, and they said, I might not be the same person when I wake up. I might not wake up at all. I might not, you know, be able to speak. I, my personality might change completely. And I, you know, those were all very scary things, but I felt confident and at peace that this was exactly what I needed to do at this time and that I would make it through and I would come out on the other side fighting and ready to take it on. So. That's awesome. That's so good, Heather. So where was it? I mean, obviously, you've come through the surgery, you're now in a wheelchair and you're weak and there's a lot of rehab to do and it's going to be hard work and you you know, you know tried to get out of bed and fell flat on the floor and it would have been tough journey for you, that rehab. Tell us about some of the low points in that journey. Well, definitely the one I mentioned about when I fell on the floor, wanting to use the restroom, that was a very low point. I would say when I got home from the hospital, I went, I was still, I went back to live with my parents for a period of time just because I needed help with, you know, every, you know, act of living and my mom was able to stay home from work. Uh, that was low point for me because I was a grown adult. I had moved out of my parents' house and here I am coming home and my mom is caring for me. And I felt like an infant, like a baby because she's having to bathe me. She's having to dress me. She's having to feed me, you know, like this all just felt like I was regressing in life. And it was a really hard time. Uh, I also was planning on what I might, my, my fiance at the time had proposed to me right before the fifth brain hemorrhage. So I was engaged thinking I'm not going to walk down the aisle or, you know, this is not what I want to be as a wife. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. And, you know, I, it, it was a scary, dark time for me. 
but I knew again, if I could just do a little bit today. So I focused, my parents had an open floor plan on their first floor of their house. So I started walking laps with my cane whenever I got to that point. And I would add, like, it was like a game every day. I could play with myself. Well, I'm going to add another 10 laps today and just keep working on it and pushing myself. And, you know, so I would take those dark times and use them as motivation towards my end goal. And I think that's important for everybody that you're allowed to have those dark times. That's normal, but use them for something good. Wonderful. We're going to have a quick break and we're going to come back. Heather, incredible stuff. So we'll be back shortly. Everyone has a book inside us waiting to be written and Adri Jobling can unleash the hidden author in you. Have you ever wanted to become a successful author and impact many lives? Andrew will support, guide and mentor you through the entire process and help you leave your legacy for the world. Contact Andrew for a free 30-minute chat about the influence you want and can have. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find the author in you. As always, Heather, you have inspired the pants off me and I'm looking down and I have no pants on right now because of you. (laughs) Excuse me, that was a bit inappropriate, wasn't it? But Heather, absolutely amazing. So Heather, what do you think for you the really key thing that helped you overcome and get through and thrive what would you say that one thing would be oh gosh only one i would have to say just breaking it into you know simplifying it i have this big goal that i'm not going to accomplish in one day but I, what can I do today that's going to help me get me, even if it's just an inch closer to that end goal? And so I think simplifying it, you know, breaking it down into smaller, you know, tasks that you can achieve and focusing on what you can do today instead of the big picture. Awesome. And so we are now right at the start of a new decade, in fact, a new, so 2021. And I think people listening to this have experienced a whole lot of stuff, highs and lows and change and trauma and uncertainty and all sorts of things. Obviously, COVID has brought that upon the world. What would you say to people now at the start of a a blank page, a new journey? And the fact that it's a new year is irrelevant. I mean, it's today. I mean, if you're listening to this, it's today. You know, I think it's a mistake to go, well, I'll wait till Monday or I'll wait till the 1st of January or I'll wait till the 1st of February or I'll wait not to wait. What do you recommend for people to do to make 2021 their best year? I encourage them to make the decision that 2021 is going to be the best year yet. And, you know, I think, we, unfortunately, we don't know what 2021 is going to hold. And like you mentioned earlier, Andrew, it, for all we know, it might not be much better than 2020. It, you know, none of us have that crystal ball that we can, you know, foresee, but what it is going to be is whatever we want it, we want to make it. So I think if somebody decides, listen, I'm going to focus on being positive this year to, you know, working on myself and then doing that each and every day, even if it's just a little bit or a lot, 
just making that commitment and making it whatever we want it to be. And I mean, you said earlier, you know, mindset is everything. So it just really is irrelevant what's happening around the world. It really is. And I think too many people are far too focused on what's happening around the world and what's happening over there. And obviously you live in the USA and the world is always looking at the USA and I'm so bored with people talking about Donald Trump and and stuff and, you know, but the world is interested in that and we're so focused on what's going to happen and how's it going to be and how's it going to affect us in Australia. Well, the only thing that's going to affect people is the choices that you make. It's not the politics really are irrelevant. COVID is pretty much irrelevant. It's what we choose to do, what we choose to focus on. I mean, Heather, you're a great example. 2020, you've published a book, you've got married, you've bought a house. 2020 for me, I've had some amazing personal growth and, you know, I'm publishing a book. We both got a publishing contract around about the same time, launched this podcast. So many amazing things have happened, but here's the key. We have made that decision, as Heather just said, to create that. So please, if you're listening to this, do not let circumstances hold you back. Do not let circumstances dictate your attitude create a mindset and you know also Heather you said you know there are days when you've got to have a down day you have a tantrum and it's you know spit the dummy lying fetal position on the floor you know it's okay to have those days but don't stay there get yourself up get yourself moving one simple step at a time so Heather that's been incredibly powerful now people are going to want to buy this book of yours headstrong how do they do that so the best way to do it is to email me um, at heather at heatherheadstrong.com or you can go to my website, which is heatherheadstrong.com and there's a contact page on there if you want to get on my database or just get in touch. I'd love to hear from you all. I look forward to you all reading the book and I know you're going to gain a lot out of it. So please check that out. and. The book is on Amazon, which I have the link on my website, but you can get to that quickly. So their website again? It's heatherheadstrong.com. Heatherheadstrong.com. And, you know, Heather is available and would love to talk to groups of people. And, again, one of the great things we learned from 2020 is we don't have to be in the room. We can do it from anywhere. So Heather is available anywhere around the world. She's a global speaker. She's a global author. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Heather, anything last comments you'd like to make before we wrap this up? Well, no, I thank you, Andrew, for your time today and allowing me to share um, the news about my book and my story. And I just want you all to know that you too can be headstrong in all adversities that you may face. And again, just... It's all about perspective and that mindset. So find that mindset and you'll be able to conquer anything. Anything. What a wonderful message and what a wonderful way to finish off. So Heather, thanks so much. Been amazing talking to you. As always, look forward to this podcast getting out and inspiring many, many people. So talk to you very soon. All right, Andrew. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Heather. Wow. What a powerful conversation. What an incredible lady at the very tender age of 31 years old, Heather has gone through more than most people would expect or want to go through in their life. But what an incredible attitude. Even before the surgery, she went into it saying to herself, I'm going to come out fighting 
the other side. So that's incredible, Heather, and, and what you've done, what you've overcome to publish your book, to get married, to buy a house. The attitude you have and the heart you have for people is wonderful. So I want to thank you, Heather Rendulic, so much for talking to me. If you want to get in touch with Heather, you go to her website, which is heatherheadstrong.com and her email address was heather at heatherheadstrong.com. Please reach out to her. She would love to have a chat to you. She would love to sell you a book. She'd love to speak to you or any groups you have about overcoming adversity, about creating positive abundance, about creating success, about creating wonderful outcomes. That's what she does. She's an incredible lady. So thank you again, Heather. You can get to me at andrewjobling.com.au and I hope that you will be back again next week because I, I know I have another incredible guest and I know that guest will inspire you beyond belief and I want to thank you so much for being a part of this week's show and look forward to being with you again next week. I'm Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. Podcast.